0: Hey, this is Chris Warfuck, and you're listening to the Warfuck Anxiety Podcast. Hi everyone, I hope you are well. Welcome to the podcast. This should be a really exciting episode because today we are talking about why CBT does not work and what to do about it. And this isn't a guide for practitioners, therapists, this is a guide for us as potential service users as to really what might be a blocker in terms of getting the most out of CBT and how we can fix that. So. In, in case anyone's not aware, CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioural Therapy and it's the most popular way out there to treat anxiety. And I'm a big advocate of CBT mostly because it's the thing that's really proven to work. There's It's quite trendy to be anti-CBT at the moment but actually if you look at what we've got and the options available, CBT remains the most effective things we have so I I'm not really willing to give up on it immediately I th- I think it's still still a really valuable thing but some people have bad experiences with CBT and I think that we can fix that with a little tweak of essentially our expectations so I'm gonna throw this out there I think that the problem with CBT is that people go there and they haven't really been explained, they haven't really been told what CBT is. So what I mean by that is that normally you might think of CBT as like having surgery. So if you need surgery, you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital, and they do a procedure and then you come away and you're fixed and that the doctor does all the work and that's it you you don't really do anything or you you know maybe you have like a chest infection and you get some antibiotics and it's really the doctor that's fixing the problem and you know you just come home and most of it's done And CBT really isn't like that, because what CBT does is give you a set of skills to uh, retrain your brain and to handle your anxiety. Which means it's not an instant fix, but also, critically, the real work isn't done in your CBT sessions. So CBT, rather than being like surgery, is more like learning a language. So, in you know, when you're learning a foreign language, you can take as many classes as you want and do as much as the theory as you want, but actually, the real work, the real part where you drill it in and learn the knowledge takes place outside of the classroom where you actually go and you use the language. And if you don't go outside the classroom and use the language, then you're never going to learn the language. That's, I think. Any of us who've tried to learn a foreign language knows that it just doesn't sink in unless you go out there and use it. Well, CBT is exactly the same as this. What will happen in your sessions is you'll talk about the cognitive side and the cognitive interventions. You might do a bit of behavioralism as well. But really what you're going to do in your CBT sessions is is you are going to get some skills and be told to go away and practice them and that means that after each session you're going to or you should get some homework and that's not always super fun or exciting who wants homework specifically and you know as an adult we often think we've escaped that but you know, we we never should escape it because lifelong learning is part of maintaining a healthy brain but certainly you know we're going to the doctors to get fixed and it can be quite annoying when they turn around and say well actually here's a bunch of homework to do but that's essentially how cbt works you've got to take the lessons that you learn in your sessions with your therapist and you've got to go away and apply them that's your homework And really, if you don't do that, then the whole thing falls apart. You are not really going to get any benefit from just going to the sessions. All the benefit comes from going to the sessions, learning the stuff, going away, and then applying it. Now, this means that CBT is not as fun as you might think. Not that it sounds a particularly fun thing anyway. But what it means is not only will you have to go and be uncomfortable for an hour with a therapist but also it means that one you have to set aside a bunch of time to do this stuff it's not just committing to the one hour a week where you go see your therapist it also means putting aside time every day or a few days a week to do the homework and to really learn the lessons and two it means that we going to have to make ourselves feel uncomfortable outside of the lessons so it's not just going to the therapy sessions it's also then going home and putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations and having uncomfortable thoughts so we can challenge them and that really isn't pleasant but that's the thing that makes CBT work and that's the thing that's really proven to help us tackle our anxiety which is why it's so important. So I think there's there's really two takeaways from this. And the first is that if you're thinking about having CBT, maybe you're on a waiting list, something like that, then it, it's really important to understand what CBT is and where the benefit comes from, because there is literally no point doing it if you don't have the ability to kind of commit to doing the homework and putting that time aside because otherwise you're literally just going to be wasting your time if you just turn up to the sessions and don't really do anything else so when starting CBT you really want to make sure you can put aside that time and that you're ready to go for it and if you're not that's fine but one thing you might want to think about is holding off CBT for a little bit because you know if you're going private you're going to be paying for it if you're getting it on the public health service then you're probably on quite a waiting list and you know if you drop out and then want to rejoin then you've got to go back to the bottom of the waiting list and that's a pain so you really want to you know make the decision as to whether you're going to be like right now i'm committing to this i'm going to put the time aside i'm going to do the homework i'm going to get the most out of it or, or maybe you're not ready for CBT yet. I remember my first session didn't really click with the therapist, but also maybe I just wasn't ready to get the most out of CBT. And and that's a possibility. We all kind of become ready at different points. And the second takeaway that I think is important is if you've had a bad experience Previously with CBT, which some people have, that kind of puts you off, and maybe you've been back to the GP, and they've said, "Well, we should really refer you for CBT again," and you've not really wanted to go down that path. Then, has any of this information changed your mind? For example, do do you now feel that if you know you'd have been told how important the homework was, and had that really stressed to you, which a lot some therapists don't do and that's an issue then maybe you would have got a lot more out of CBT and if that's the case then perhaps CBT is worth another go so CBT is is a challenge to get the most out of and it's one that maybe a lot of people don't really understand going in because it's not always clearly explained that that's what the expectation is and there will be homework and that's a really core part of it but Once we learn that lesson, then we can actually get a lot more at CBT than maybe we expect we can.